As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics Dedicated Blue Jackets Podcast. Aaron Portsign with you. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. The Blue Jackets, Allison, are somewhere. They're not in their own zone right now. They're moving about the ice a little bit better, but they just can't string anything together. And here oh. we are, one game from the midway point of the regular season. Whew. It feels like it's... The tipping point is coming Yes, here for this team. What are your thoughts? The weekend that was, a split with Dallas. It's funny, when you're in this spot they're in, the losses seem a lot more devastating than the wins seem elating. Um, but they, they just can't get any traction on on winning or in, a, in an aspect of their game. Where are you at with this crew? Yeah, I mean, you you see glimpses of, of positives coming. Um, you and I were were slightly joking about that. You know, they're getting out of their own zone now. Now there's the next wave of issues, and, and you hinted yes. at that in your piece as well. Um, but it just feels like they they are running out of runway uh, yep. to ramp up to when they will be fully capable. And it's unfortunate we've seen this with this organization before that late last end of season burst after um, things are mostly decided. Um, those can be painful consequences, but uh, the math, as, as some say in the in the industry right now, the math seems to be working against them uh, to continue past uh, the end of the regular season. Yeah. So for, I don't know, a month, they couldn't get out of their own zone. I think that's gotten better. I do. I think it's, it's gotten, I mean, there's still issues, but that's, that's, that's life in the NHL. It's not always going to be smooth. I don't think that's a big concern now. At least for me, on a night on a nightly basis, I'm not thinking, "Oh God, they're going to go through this again." It feels like that's better. Um, the offensive limitations, I think they've they have fought with for a while, um, and I, they didn't create much at all against Dallas. But then, boy, last night against Florida, there was all sorts of there were all sorts of goals to be had mm. for a really good and confident team. Um, that Felino mm. miss, oh, it's going to be with him. Mm. That's going to be with him for a while. Domi had a chance, not as nearly as great as Felino. I may have misrepresented that in the story a bit. Um, 
or at least not made it clear that they weren't exactly quite as obvious. Uh, I think Line 8 took one off the post. Atkinson had some golden chances that didn't get converted. It, it's like they're it's like their issues are, are moving up. <laughs> they're moving <laughs> up the ice. Um, I guess in a way, I mean, I think if, and I asked Tortorella this today, if you want to be an optimist, you can say that it is building. I think they're a much easier team to watch now than they were two weeks ago. Oh, yes. But at some point, it's got to be nothing but results, not just performance. Yeah. You know, and that that's what I'm saying. You know, they're, First of all, this is a shortened season. This is not news to anyone. Um, so process, while it is in fact what matters, um, there's just not as much time. Um, and there's there's progress, but not enough. And this team dug a hole. And as you have talked about, they've they've been able to get themselves out of that hole in the past, but they've had more time to do so. Yeah. So I think we can say the Panthers are pretty much gone. They're 11 points up. Who would, and in all seriousness, who would have thought? I know. I mean, that, right? kudos to them. Yeah, sure. Um, and I still don't know if I fully believe in them, but I don't, I don't think you can expect a team to close an 11 point gap with, Agree. with what's left. Uh, so if they're gone, certainly Tampa Bay first place, Carolina second place, they're gone. Carolina, um, you say? Yeah. Pretty mm. good team, Carolina. Mm. Florida Noted. third. Let's just throw those three teams as out the door in terms of concerns for the Blue Jackets because it's really immaterial at this point. Okay. Uh, Chicago's six points back, or Columbus is six points back of Chicago. Mm -hmm. I almost think the bigger risk is this Dallas Stars team that's now four points back of Columbus but has six games in hand, and they're starting to play. Yeah. Uh, They're starting to get it together. You can't imagine this is going to be a team that averages, you know, two goals a game much longer, especially when they start to get some bodies back. Um, so at, at some point, and they have a month, the Blue Jackets have a month before the NHL trade deadline, but the work can't wait until the trade deadline. So Yarma's going to have to make a decision and have, a, I think, a couple of game plans here in terms of which way this is going to go. Um, so, I mean, if you're Yarmo right now, I think you prepare for both, but what truly do you think you're preparing for, Allison, if you're Yarmo Kekalainen, are you thinking in terms of uh, this team's going to hang around and I'm going to give them uh, a couple of parts players here uh, to help push this up and over? Or are you thinking, how are we going to get a jump start on the offseason and the moves that everybody knows are coming? Where are you at with that? Yeah, and it's interesting. I, as you outline that, my answer is actually the same, but I do believe his focus shifts to next year. I mean, the only advantage the Blue Jackets have over Dallas right now is that insane schedule that Dallas has to play right? Um, and the fatigue impact, but it's still, there's still mountains to climb. But when I think about what this team needs and we are seeing it night in and night out, and, and it's been articulated by the organization is the need for strength down the middle. Yeah. And so I think that Yarmo's priority has to be how can he build that? And if that happens at the deadline or if it waits till off season, that's where he and his team need to be focused is who are our targets? How can we pay for them, whether that be cash or trade and going after those assets? And if it happens at the deadline and assets move out of Columbus to do so, I think it's a next year goal. But if it can happen now, you do it. Um, but, but that is really the focus. 
And let me ask it this way, because I think this is a, maybe a heavier question. If you're Yarmo Kekalainen, are you giving up any, any pieces, any, what's the word I'm looking for? Any picks, prospects, players. Are you giving up anything like that that you may be able to use next summer? In other words, are, are you still thinking about a short-term enhancement for the playoffs? Yep. Or is it wiser to just say, hmm, this is where it's going to go this summer. Let, let, let's, let's start making, let's hold off on those moves or let's dip our toe in getting ready for 21-22. Yeah, I think it's the latter for sure. And again, the answer is this team needs to do their homework and say which centers are available, affordable, and acquirable, yeah. and and how do we get them? Um, that's where the homework really needs to go. But I think that the entire mental and strategic focus is on the long term. They cannot, they cannot just get a rental. This can't yeah. be about this year. I think, unfortunately, with the changes that the roster has undergone, with all due respect, I I don't know that this is a team that's one or two pieces away from. Yeah really contending and so it it has to be next season season after next season after next yeah 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 and the resources you would spend to just patch holes this year to get in too expensive yeah and the resources you may need in the summertime to really do the the big long-term sustainable fixes that you're talking about 100 percent agree um so if they so let's pretend that the blackhawks have a terrible week. And I think they've lost a couple in a row here. Mm-hmm. I'm not sold on the Blackhawks yet. I'm not sold on the Blue Jackets ability to either to catch them, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I believe in the Blackhawks. Patrick Kane has been out of his mind with a team that's been pretty well hit with, with injuries and is extremely young. And the goaltending in Chicago has been so much better than most could have imagined. I, mm-hmm. like, I won't be surprised if they back up, but that, you know, if this is a horse race, that, that Dallas team, is is sucking some serious hair or wind here coming up the backstretch. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder with those six games at hand. Now they could be totally fried, and maybe they run out of gas. But you know, I I, I think you're going to see a run from them at some point. But if the Blue Jackets are say two or three points out, I do think I can't imagine that Yarmo moves on some of his UFAs. Um, in other words, can you possibly trade David Savard in that scenario? Can you trade Nick Felino, Riley Nash in that in that scenario if you're two or three points out and this team feels like it has a fighting chance with with a month to go in the season? That's when it gets really dicey. And if you're the GM, you hope they make their decision for you one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, this deadline to me, if, if that scenario holds true. This deadline screams to me, and perhaps we need another wager of a healthy Gustav Nyquist was our trade deadline acquisition. Yeah. Adding that, right. that, that's what right. this screams to me. Um, and, and, but again, I will say, if and, and this is almost impossible <laughs> because we know how how rare they are. But if a top notch center comes available, then yeah, I, I, I don't mind even a couple points out making that move for that player who if, if it's a long-term deal that they can get um but yeah i i think this this is a low action deadline if they're close in the standings and we just hear we were comfortable with gustav nyquist coming back 
we have a lot of depth, blah, blah, blah. Look at who can come up from the taxi squad and and, we, right. and they hold Pat. But you hold on to your UFAs. Yeah. yeah. Again, I think because what's the return, right? These are not necessarily trades where you get the player with two, three years on their contract back, you know, right. like, yeah. so I don't, I don't know that, that that's a situation where they move unless the return is something insanely valuable. I, yeah, no. And it sure, it sure seems like that center trade like that. I mean, a, they just don't happen unless right, it's a player right. like Dubois that says, get me out of here. Right. Or it's, you know, Ryan O'Reilly who kind of is meh for a couple of years, doesn't really take off in Buffalo and they make a huge mistake and trade him. And I put together a list last week, the 20 top centermen. They just don't move. Yep. And you just don't get them outside the first round. I mean, 16 of the 20 were, are with the team that drafted them. <laughs> right. Three of those other guys have been traded and. I think one was it one that left as a free agent. I'm not sure, but it's it's rare. It, it, they just don't move. Um, so you know, it's uh, yeah. It, if that does happen, it's probably going to be an off season move where Yarmo has to give up pieces he wouldn't want to give heading into a playoffs because he knows he has time the rest of the summer to plug some of those holes. Right. Um, anyways, so it, let let's then go on. I think what we both think is the more reasonable scenario, and it's not a it's not a painless one if you're a longtime Blue Jackets fan. What does this look like if the Blue Jackets uh, remain sort of where they're at or continue to to spin out? Uh, they they haven't won more than two games in a row all year, and unless I mean, there's just there's just no way they get back into the race without banging five, six in a row and doing it a couple of times. Um, and they've not been able to do it yet. I think you always hold out hope that, that they can if you're a Blue Jackets fan, but it, it's been a struggle. So I, I, let's look now at what's likely to happen if they're out of it. Um, and I, I think it feels, I guess this is the way to ask it. Maybe this is the headline to this podcast. Are the Blue Jackets closer to a Stanley Cup or a rebuild? Oof. And I Right? I think it's Oof. the latter. I think it's Oof. the latter. I do. Now, I don't think it's a complete A retooling. A retooling, a, perhaps. Whatever. Pick your word. Yeah, they'll come up with their own, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but I think there are three prominent UFAs here, or three UFAs for sure, that I think will have an interest on the market. Um, teams are They play positions that teams covet this time of year, even if it's not as a lineup regular. In one case, David Savard, it for sure would be. He would mm -hmm. be a top four guy. I think there are teams that would say, you know what? You can do a lot worse than Michael Delzato come playoff time. Yeah. I like that guy as my 7-8 or 6-7. And here's a fifth round draft pick. You know what? We don't have a great fourth line center or our fourth line center is banged up. We could use Riley Nash. And I'm, I don't think that's a big return either. That's a draft pick. But that's a player that other GMs are going to want. He can mm -hmm. he can play a lot of different positions. He's solid defensively. He can win you a faceoff. Nothing special there. But let's start with Savard because I think there's a real marketplace for him. We'll get to Felino in a second. I put him in a different group than these guys. I'll explain that in a second. But um, David Savard, I think, is a guy that that is going to have intense interest from teams. And I don't think he's coming back to Columbus. He is a UFA. They've got Andrew Peak. They've got Kukan. Waiting in the wings, I think, for more time. Um, David Savard, Allison, 
Blue Jackets trading him. I think Winnipeg, Edmonton would both be in the mix on that. Um, I think I think those are interesting spots for him. What are your thoughts on the Blue Jackets trading David Savard? Yeah, I mean, I think that you know this is one of those situations, and we've seen these across the league where it's not about a dislike or a um, want to let the player go. It's right. that at this point in his career, um, the contract he's going to earn by his by rightly so is probably a little rich for what the return will actually be long term. And so if he has value at the trade deadline, as you outlined, he will get what you can for him because this is not, you know, and, and they'll be sad to see him go, I believe, but yep. this is a guy who's going to want some, some years, some dollars um, on his next contract. And I think because of the depth and because of what those final years of that next contract for David Savard will look like on the ice, um, he's not going to be here next year and, and yep. the team will move on. Yeah. David's 30 years old. Crazy. Yeah. And you know, you're starting to get into that, that age where NHL players have a harder and harder time. This is not a guy that's a, a, a great skater. He's certainly good enough and he is a playoff type guy. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I want to be the team that signs him to a four or five year deal right now. Exactly. I th- exactly. I, th- I think I'm the team that exactly. wants to be trading him right now. Um, you think there's a market for Del Zotto and Nash? I do. You know, I, th- I think that Del Zotto, I think this was a really nice, quiet reclamation year for him, right? Um, particularly with a strong start. He has surprised me with his ability to hold in the lineup. I didn't know if he would hold on to that five, six spot, and he has. Um, like you said, and the Blue Jackets have been the buyers on a player like this in the past. Yeah. I think of two years ago, even when they beat Tampa. Um, this is a really nice way to shore up a defensive core when you expect to have a deep run, um, he's affordable. Um, I could see him on the move for sure. Yeah. And, and Nash. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, again, when you think you're a contender, this is a player you want. Um, everyone right. still remembers how valuable he was in Boston. Um, I think he's shown to be a valuable guy. And I think what's, what's interesting about each of these three Savard, Delzato, and Nash. Uh, Delzato maybe to a lesser degree, but only because of his tenure here in Columbus. But these are guys that, quote unquote, help a room too, right? Yeah. Like yep. David Savard is a big, good guy in the room person. And so I think that they hold value to GMs in that sense. Um, again, not huge returns, but if these are not players you're going to look to resign, of all the three, honestly, maybe Delzato is the one that might get like a one, two year from Columbus, maybe, but I don't think the other two are coming back and what they're going to want. And so right. if you can get anything at the deadline, move them now. Yeah. And for Nashville Zotto, I think your ears perk up if you get anything, anything at or above a fourth round draft pick. Sure. And again, if we, if we look at there's this long, even if the Blue Jackets make the playoffs, even if the Blue Jackets win a round, this team is still going to need centers in the offseason. And That's so right. any currency you can get, you know, it might just be a fourth round draft pick, but all of a sudden, if you have a bunch of those, they become a package and that helps you when you need to go find your center. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Now, there's another UFA on the roster that really no one's talking about. He hasn't played much lately. Mikhail Grigorenko signed a one-year, $1.2 million flyer with the Blue Jackets. I mean, this is not a case of a player putting, and and this is nothing against him. I'm just, I think we're all just learning that he's just not an NHL player. It's just Mm -hmm. that simple. Um, I don't think there's a market for him. Maybe there's a team out there that says, you know what, we'll do it for a conditional pick. If we win the cup, you get a seventh round draft pick. And Columbus says, okay, and they move him along. Somebody wants a body and, and wants to give him a look. I don't think that's very likely. Um, but, but so now here's two, here are two sticky ones and we're saving the, the most interesting ones for last year. Um, Nick Felino. Yes. He's, he's a UFA. I think there's going to be a lot of interest in him. I think the Toronto Maple Leafs will be interested in him. I think there's a lot of teams that want that playoff type penalty killer, um, can play in the bottom six, can play either side, hell can play in the middle, can win a face off. He's a he's a gamer and he's got the respect of people around the league. It's a it's a dicey thing because I think he wants to stay in Columbus. I think the best of both worlds for some people in these situations is to be traded, have a run, get the Columbus Blue Jackets a nice return and circle back when you're a, an unrestricted free agent and perhaps re-sign here. Now, the Blue Jackets could not – that cannot be in writing, obviously. It could right. not be a, a contractual agreement. Um, and who knows where it goes, where where he goes – if he goes somewhere else and and uh, has a great run and things change. But I think Nick Foligno wants to retire a Blue Jacket. I think he wants to work for the organization when he's done. But I think there's a real chance that if they're out of it, he ends up going – at the trade down and really the deadline, really the question is, does if this team wants to rebuild, uh, certainly he's not going to make 5.75 with his next deal or whatever he's making now. Um, but if if the market is going to, to pay him way beyond what the Blue Jackets plan to, to play him, maybe he does move on. Yeah, I mean, and, and to you just outlined all the logical reasons this could go down and be literally nothing but positive. For all parties, no hurt feelings, nothing acrimonious. Um, So I do agree it could happen. And I think what this could become is an exercise in PR, right? Because as as you say, Mm -hmm. there are ways this can go down and everyone realizes that everyone is 100% okay with it, you know? And and there are going to be people uh, for many players, but in this case, Nick Foligno, who will say, yeah, we love the guy. Let him go chase his cup, right? So... um, I think that it is possible to trade him. I think, and I have said this before, he is one of the more underrated forwards in terms of his ability to contribute defensively as well as offensively. And as you mentioned, a team like Toronto would salivate at that. So it's very possible. Again, if the return is attractive to the Blue Jackets, I could see them do it. And I would just hope for the integrity of everyone involved that that the messaging around it is sound so that no one does end up with hurt feelings or misinterpretations as the whole process happens. I have a hard time trading him to the East. 
It depends what you get, right? It does. I don't want to trade it to a team I'm in the division with. And maybe, maybe because it's Toronto, you say kiss my ass too. I'm trading him somewhere else. <laughs> it's possible. It's a little personal. I admit that. But I think you got to be careful here. I mean. But see, I, to me, I don't, I don't, I, I don't care because I like, with all due respect, let's say Nick Foligno goes to Toronto and Toronto wins a cup. Nick Foligno gets oh. his cup. But listen, here's the thing. I really don't think, and this is not disrespectful to Nick Foligno, I don't think he's there next year. Right? So, well, yeah. They couldn't so, afford him, I'm sure. So who, like, so who cares, I say. I, I mean, know, it, but I, do you really want Toronto to win a cup? Okay, but again, with all due respect, at this point, with what Toronto is trying to do and their str- st- strategy and trying to tackle that Canada division, like – it's not just Nick Foligno that's going to push them over the edge. It's going to be little pieces here and there, and they're already doing quite well, to be honest. So I'm not, going to, I'm not going to sit there and say, if they hadn't traded Nick Foligno, Toronto doesn't win the cup. I, I, I just, I, 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 don't, I don't get that nitpicky about it. That's just I me. guess. Yeah, no. <laughs> and, and, you know, we've heard a lot of people surmise that Foligno could be traded and come back. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone knows how Nick Foligno feels about that or the Blue Jackets. Right. I mean, it's one of those where he's been here so long and I, he really does love it here and he wants it to work here that I think a lot of people are assuming that that's how it would go. Ask Vinny Possible um, how that goes. <laughs> right. Um, I, was it Jeff? Jeff Sanderson was traded by here and came back here uh, once. I think Jamie Pusher was here three different times with the Blue Jackets. Maybe Phil Kessel too. Oh, yeah, it's been a great week on the Twitter. Um, so Felina's an interesting one, and and boys, that's going to be an interesting scenario to watch over the next month. The other thing that interests me is the goalie situation, mm-hmm. where I, I'm, every time we write something about this or or I refer to it, people, I think there's a lot of people who think that Corpusalo and Merzlikens are going to be the one-two punch, one way or the other, for a long time in Columbus, and that just isn't going to happen, right? It isn't going to happen. Right. And if it's not going to happen, and it isn't, then something has to happen before the puck drops on next season. Likely, responsibly, because Corpusalo and Merzlikens, their contracts both expire after next season. And they're both unrestricted free agents at that point. So if you're Yarmo and, and something pops in the next month or so, Elvis is... Elvis is, is coming back soon. He may even start tomorrow night against Florida. But there are a lot of teams that I, I think I think people think Edmonton needs a goalie. I think there are a couple teams you look at across this league. I think people think maybe Colorado needs a goalie. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're talking teams that want to win it this year. I think Detroit needs a goalie, but they're, this really isn't about this year for them. Right. Um, so I think Detroit's a team you look at if it gets into the offseason. But but over the next month, if, if Colorado makes the read or if Edmonton makes the read that their goaltending just isn't good enough, then – and Yarmo Kekalainen can look at this Blue Jackets team and say, okay, it's not happening this year. We're looking forward. This is – he's got – that guy has so much stuff on his plate already for next summer. Yep. That I don't think it's a bad idea to get the ball rolling on some of that stuff now if you know you're out of it. And so 
I think it's quite possible that one of those two, Corpus Allo or Merzlikens, gets moved at the trade deadline. If because I think the, there could be oh, an air sure. of desperation in the market, which which one thing they learned this last summer is that musical chairs has a different feel. Sometimes there's there's not enough chairs for everybody. Sometimes there's too many chairs. Right. And and this time this last summer, they were kind of left holding onto a goalie because there were just so many goalies out there, and teams were able to make make moves without giving up a ton. If there's an air of desperation with a team that needs a goalie, then I think they could do very well on a goaltender trade at the trade deadline. Your thoughts on that? Oh, a hundred percent. I, you know, and as you said, I was, I, again, with full respect to both of these players, I was really anticipating and, and hoping that one of these two moved this off season because I thought they would be able to sell high the blue jackets yeah. on these two. Um, and you know, the market was what it was. It was a weird market. I was surprised one didn't move and you're not going to have these two together long-term. You're just not, um, with this pipeline and with the two being what they are and what they want to be. So one needs to move. And to your point, you move whichever one, um, you know, I have an opinion which one should move, but if you are going to move whichever one, you move it when you can get the most value you can. And if that's the deadline, that's what you do. Allison, which one should move? Eunice Corposalo. Wow. And that's just purely. And I love him. He is such a nice person. But Eunice yes. Corposalo. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and that has to, that's, that's high end ceiling projection. Yes. Yeah. Nothing but. Yes. Yeah. I know which one gets you the biggest return, but I, I still keep the better one. Correct. You know, it's an interesting question, and this is when we start to like talk about guessing at how teams do their player evaluations, right? Yep. If you assume yep. a team isn't doing proper goaltender evaluation, um, they may not value these goaltenders, in my opinion, the proper way. But in my opinion, part of why I, oh, these are two good, very good goaltenders. But you keep Merzlikens because, in my opinion, he's the better goaltender. So if yeah. you if you talk value, then in theory it's Merzlikens. But again, that I I think that's why you keep him and move Corpusalo. Yeah. So at this time of year, whenever trades are made, it's it's not often that they that you get a player for player trade. You go back to what was the the um, so yeah, Line A and Roslovic for Dubois and a pick, right? Yep. Yep. Third rounder. I don't even remember. I don't either. Times like a flat years circle. Ago. I know. Yes. Um, but so teams will have to balance off the trade. Yes. And a lot of times that's prospects thrown into the till. Yes. Uh, the the Blue Jackets, being honest, I don't know these prospects because I don't I don't spend a time looking at uh, these games. So all I'm going on is what other people say. But it. It is often said that their prospect pool is is more like the kiddie pool than the deep end. <laughs> um, are there any of these guys, knowing what you know about Marchenko, Voronkov, or what you've heard about them, Tarasov, uh, Chinikov, their top four prospects all are Russian. Are these guys sweeteners in a deal to you? And I ask you that because as much as they all have timelines as to when they're coming over, I don't think you really know. And the Blue Jackets will even say this. When, you know, when are they coming over? When we see them in Nationwide Arena. Right. Because there's a sense that 
they could just sign an extension tomorrow for two more years. Right. Right. And teams would be wary of that, of course, too. But I think there's a perception that they may be more likely to come over to play for certain teams than certain other teams. But are there any of these guys you would or wouldn't use as as sweetener, Marchenko, Voronkov, Chinikov, Tarasov? I, I don't know that, that there are any that are untouchable. Um, again, if this team has some very specific needs, and so if you can fill those needs, um, are any of them untouchable? I say no. The one I think who maybe you might be more hesitant to move, at least right now, is Daniil Tarasov. Um, mm-hmm. This has been a promising player. It seems his stock has dropped this year. But, you know, it's my opinion, particularly with these younger players, that you have to hold a grain of salt with all this evaluation because seasons are weird, leagues are weird, everything's weird. Um, But his stock seems to be dropping a little bit at the moment. So I'd want to make sure I was getting proper value for him if I threw him in. Um, But if, if, you know, again, if you can get, if you can retool, I don't know if I'm full rebuild, but if you can significantly retool and get a quality center and it takes one of these players, I'm not saying hands off. Yeah. And one other thought that I think uh, is, is the, as the trade deadline becomes a closer into focus, I think will be an issue. Do you think teams are going to be more likely to trade for prospects, guys that they mm. have seen play in previous years, as opposed to draft picks? Because this draft is going to be trickier than usual, and it's mm-hmm. usually pretty tricky. But the OHL has just started playing. I'm not sure if the Western Hockey League is playing. There's so there's a lot of GMs who wanted the draft pushed way into deep into summer, right? So that these guys could continue to play, so they could get a better read on them. It's hard to get a read on these guys when they're not playing. Do you think teams Yarmo Kekalainen perhaps is going are going to be more interested in prospects for whom they have a report, or is the lure of a does hope spring eternal still with a draft pick? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I don't know because I I have said I feel like this crazy year, it's going to be really interesting to see in five years how this disrupts development of so many right. players. Um, and that affects both quote-unquote proven prospects and draft picks. I would suggest that perhaps the other variable at play here is cap space of whether or not you want a pl- – and, and you, when your window is opening – um, you know, can you defer payment on a kid a couple more years or, right. it, you know, is this someone you have to pay sooner? Um, or is this someone you do want to pay sooner because they're going to be a contributing member to a significant point, um, for your franchise. So I think everyone's equally screwed <laughs> if that makes right. sense. Um, and, and quite frankly, it, it's, it's my opinion that if you've been waiting till this year to get your, your full read of a player, you have some problems, um, so I think other variables will come into play, not just what a player does this year. They want it. I respect that. I agree. But um, I think it's going to be other variables driving this just as much as what a player is doing on the ice right now. Yeah. Boy, it's going to be an interesting next month in Columbus, Ohio. It is March 10th as we record this. The trade deadline is April 12th. Man, I hope the game. I hope the games still matter because yeah. there's nothing worse than a game where or a season where the games don't really matter with – a month or more left. We used to see that in yep. Columbus a lot where you get to us Thanksgiving and you're like, yeah. Oh my God. Like the hopelessness. And I don't think this is there yet, but Allison, until they start 
stacking wins or go, they got to win three in a row here at some point and stack from there. Um, this thing's going to slip and slip further away. And may they be entertaining. I will say, you know, we commented last night that that was a fun game. game. And and unfortunately there've been some games this year that have been hard to watch. So may may the, may the continued play be fun to watch regardless of, of where the team sits in the standings. Yeah. And I think if you're lumping last night or really even the Dallas games in with how shitty they looked against Carolina or Nashville. Yeah. I think you're wrong. I agree. Because there is a there's a level of competency. They're not perfect by a long stretch. There's a level of competency for the way that they're playing. Yes. Um right now. And they traded blows with a pretty good Florida team last night. Um, yes. They just don't know who they are, Allison. They don't know who they are. I was gonna say they don't know who they are. <laughs> they're they're uh, yeah, they're all over the place. Yeah. Um and I don't know how if they can fix that because of the way that they're put together. Yeah. The forwards are, are just a, a mishmash. And there's yes. really – I have thoughts on that. That's another show. Um, Allison, anything else you want to add? Uh, I think that's it. Uh, Big Ten tournament hockey uh, men's side uh, starts up. And um, the women um, are going to be playing in the NCAA. So continued best wishes, good health, and on-ice success to both teams. Excellent. All right, Allison. Thanks, as always, for your time. My pleasure. Thanks to our great producer, Danielle Lehman. Thanks to David Cook for the theme music. Um, I've been humming the ESPN hockey night, uh, hockey uh, tune all day today because the league is back on ESPN. Good news there as well. Um, All right, folks, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for being with us. Three, two, and one. Don't laugh. I'm hitting record. (laughs) Keep that in, please, Danielle. Please, I'll pay you money. Right here, all of this. All right. Three, two, and one.